Hey, all right. And there we are. It's me, John Park, and welcome to John Park's workshop. How are you doing? How's everyone doing? Uh, I was out of town and now I'm back. So hello and uh, thanks for having me. I'm just checking uh, my camera settings here because things got extra zoomed in while I was away. I don't understand how these computers do these things even when you turn them off. Uh, but I'm going to fix it. And there we go. Hi. Uh, that's a little better. So hopefully you are all uh, here and ready for action. I am just checking some audio levels too because I don't want to peek out, but it looks like at least the song I was playing earlier uh, had some decent levels. And good. All right. We're all clear. Thanks, Seagrover, in the chat. Uh, if you're joining us in Twitch or in Facebook, most of the conversation is happening over in Discords. So check it out. Also, YouTube chat. Uh, so come on by, would you? Uh, so let's get started. Let me check my notes. Um, by the way, if my notes are correct, this is my 97th episode of John Park's workshop. So that means we're headed towards 100. Maybe we should do something special for that one. Uh, <clears throat> send me your suggestions. What are we, what are we going to do for the hundredth episode? Something, something special. We could have a cake. We could make some cake. Uh, all right. So let's see. The first thing I wanted to do, um, news, a, a, a slight news segment. I've got this to show, which is my, uh, RG boy, my original, uh, Kickstarter edition one, the red one here just got fixed. I sent that, uh, back to Kevin Bates and he was able to swap the screen out. The little uh, OLED screen had gone super, super dim all on its own, I promise, because uh, sometimes these can actually be affected by sunlight. But mine was not in the sun and yet it became dim. Uh, now it's all fixed and now I can play some Circuit Dude again on my Arduboy. Um, if you're not familiar with Arduboy, it's a, it's a platform and uh, it uses Arduino to program games uh, on this lovely little handheld super tiny credit card size device uh, and uh, we sell them in the store so go check them out. So that's my news. Uh, now let's move on to this. We've got a jobs board uh, and in our jobs board there are jobs and there is also a position or a place to uh, enter your info if you're looking for jobs and uh, I wanted to point out some that I saw, which was, what's this? Animal Ear Emulation Arduino IDE Python in Twin Blue Chimera, Rock Island, Illinois. What is that? Looking for a coder to write a sketch for a microcontroller emulates live ear motion for costumes designed with servo systems. Whoa, that looks cool. Check that out, huh? Um, so that's just, just an example of the kind of interesting stuff you can find on the jobs board. Um, so jobs.adafruit.com, that'll, that'll be uh, interesting to see what comes of that. I'm interested. So what else have we got? Uh, I mentioned, uh, thank you, George. Did George do it? Uh, Mr. Certainly. Uh, thank you, Mr. Certainly, for uh, placing a link in the Discord chat to the Arduboy. And um, also I'll mention Arduboy can be emulated on the Pygamer uh, using the Arcada. It's not emulated, actually. It's compiled for it. Um, so you can run Boy games on the Pi Gamer and on the Pi Badge. Um, so if you develop for one, you can develop for all. Now I want to mention uh, 
a little coupon code that we've got today, and that is controller. So if you enter in controller when you get to the Adafruit store and you go to checkout, there's a little coupon code box. Type in controller and you're going to get 10% off. And that's good on all the stuff, all the things you can buy, such as an RG Boy or a Pi Gamer. I think we have some of the Adabox 12 um, non-subscription versions left. And I don't know what the difference is between the subscription and the non-subscription. Sometimes it's a LiPo battery or not. But anyway, that is currently the best way to get yourself a Pi Gamer that I know of, because I think we're out of, game, out of stock on Pi Gamers. But if you go to the store and check out the Adabox 12, those are, uh, those are available now in the store and you can get 10% off. Uh, you can't use it on software or gift certificates or subscriptions, but you can on stuff. And uh, speaking of stuff, I have a product of the week in mind, and I also have a little mini build that I built to show it off. This is my product of the week, and it is our 75 millimeter long slide potentiometers. These are also known as faders. Uh, you can use it as a variable resistor, you can use it as a voltage divider, um, and you can read the voltage um, divider output uh, on pretty much any microcontroller. Uh, for my little demo, I'm using a feather, but you can basically plug these in. You'll, you'll want to get voltage and ground on two of the pins, and then there's a wiper pin, I think it's pin two, uh, that you can use to read uh, that varying voltage, which is really useful for all kinds of stuff. These are um, these nice long ones. I'll mention, uh, actually, let's, let's check these out here back in my browser. There's this one. This is the 75 millimeter long one. And coincidentally, I, I just built this little demo, and lo and behold, Late Ada has just added some 45 millimeters, some little shorter ones that have a, a plastic cap on them. These uh, longer ones have a little rubber cap uh, or a nub or a nubbin, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so for a little demo, what I decided to do was put together a little uh, five fader box. And uh, let me run over here and demo it for you. It's just, I'm just using it to control a NeoPixel strip right now. Um, so let me slide this over to the side. What you can see here is I've got uh, one of my faders controlling how many of the NeoPixels on this little eight NeoPixel strip are lit up. You can see that, nice smooth control. Uh, and then this is an RGBW uh, NeoPixel strip. So that means it's each, each of these elements has a red, green, blue, and white. So that's what I'm using the rest of these four faders for. So you can see here if I swap up red, green, blue, here's white. This is actually the, the warm white. And if I give you something to reflect off, you probably see that better in the camera. So now we can uh, mix those so you can bring in like a cyan with the green and the blue, you get a magenta with the blue and the red, some oranges, yellows, and you can always add to it with this other ant. I can slide those up and down. Um, so if you look inside of here, you'll see I have these five potentiometers that I uh, mounted with some screws to a little laser cut wood uh, case I built. Uh, mounting these is tricky. Um, or, or rather building something to mount them on nicely. You could use cardboard, cut them out sort of carefully, and either screw them through or maybe use some hot glue to attach. Um, but that's always the sort of biggest issue with, with using these faders is you, you kind of want them 
stable and, uh, and affixed to something. Uh, so I built this little uh, laser cut top and then this bottom here I've got a uh, feather and a feather wing uh, which is the the terminal or proto what do we call this one the screw screw proto terminal feather wing something like that um, so that I could screw in these uh, wiring from my potentiometers to read those on analog ports as well as my output to the NeoPixels. Uh, so that is my little pick of the day for the product, which is those 75 millimeter long slide pots or faders. Check them out. Uh, so let's see, where'd I go? Hey, there I am. Uh, yeah, Andy Calloway says, cool color mixer. Thank you. Actually, well, one other thing I'll mention about this is with it hooked up to a computer, um, I wrote that little sketch in CircuitPython, and I can output the color values as I uh, am pushing the sliders around, which is really nice because it's difficult often to get the exact color you want out of some uh, RGB LEDs through trial and error of changing numbers. And instead, here we can mix red, green, blue, and when we like a color, we can just read those values, and uh, you could probably have it also spit out hex values or hue saturation value, uh, have it spitting out RGB. Um, but it's really useful for uh, coming up with colors that you like. It's just to, to get in there and do it by hand. Um, it's a lot easier than trying to, to plug in numbers and, and update. Um, so yeah, cool color mixer for sure. Uh, all right, so let's see. I think this brings us to... That's right, it is the Make Code Minute. Uh, and so for the Make Code Minute today, what I wanted to show is how you can set up a debugging um, control in a Make Code sketch that you're building for, in this case, Circuit Playground Express. Um, so if you look at my code here, what you're gonna see is I have on start, I create a variable called debug and I set it to true with this Boolean and then I set up the switch on the Circuit Playground Express, so when I move it left, debug is set to true. When I move it right, debug is set to false. And then the way I'm using this is when you're testing code, let's say you want to lower the volume and stop all the blinking lights, because those are bugging you, and you know you're going to use them in the end, but uh, you want to keep the code in there, just not always bugging you. Well, that's how this debug works. If I uh, check out this forever loop, it says if debug is false, then we're going to show the animation. Uh, and then when I press the button, if debug is uh, false, yes, if debug is false, the volume is going to be really loud, set to 255. When the debug is on, I'm going to set the volume down really low to 8, and then I play a sound. So if I bring uh, my actual Circuit Playground Express in, uh, you'll hear, okay, first of all, you see there's no blinking lights. I'm going to flip the switch. This takes it out of debug mode. And now when I press the button, I get a loud sound. When I go to debug mode, I'm not seeing all those blinking lights and I get a much quieter beep. So that is how you can set up a debug mode inside of Make Code for your Circuit Playground Express.
All right. Um, so I find that really, really useful, and that's a, a nice way to have it just in one place. In this case, it's really convenient that we have a slide switch, but you can also just do this in your code. At the very top of your code, you can set a debug in the on start, and then you can flip that on and off yourself while you're working so that whole huge sections of your code, such as um, when you're working with MakeCode Arcade, if you have a whole intro and an intro animation, you can just cut to the chase and get to the part you want. Um, and pretty much for any code, it, it can be on um, Make or Make Code or Circuit Playground Express Make Code. Having a debug allows you to uh, jump in to the parts that you want. And you can set up multiple uh, sort of levels of debug if you want, but just getting started with it, uh, keep it simple and give yourself an on off. Am I debug debugging or am I not debugging? Um, so that, that's your tip there for the make code minute. Um, and now let's see, we're going to take a look at uh, something here in the game of the week. And so I'm going to switch over to my make code session again. And let me swap over to a different tab. So my make code arcade pick of the week is Snowy Slopes by Eigenjoy. So this uh, started out as a forum post here in the forum.makecode.com. And uh, it includes a link to the game itself. So I'm going to show it off first. So let's go to a um, full screen mode here on the game and hit play. And it's a downhill skiing game. So you can see it'll start up. You're not going to hear the sounds because uh, I don't have those patched through. But here it's playing. And now I can use the left and right arrow keys. And you can see he'll turn. And you can also accelerate by tapping the key a few times. And check this out. I just hit a snowman, and I turned into a snowman. <laughs> and I absolutely love that. Uh, I think if I crash into a tree, I'll lose my cool snowman costume. Um, let's try to do that. Oh, I doubled up. Now no trees are going to show up. I should have set this to, to increase the tree output. Uh, oh, I just passed level one. Oh, there, I hit a tree and I lost my costume. Also slowed way down. So let's take a look at how that part is done, because I thought that was a really clever uh, technique. And the way it's being done here is actually in the uh, animation setup. So let's uh, check out this function here called setup animations. And I'll zoom in so you can see that a little better. Uh, and this is actually one function that's being used to set up all the animations that are used for, for the different sprites in the game. Uh, and you can see here, there's an animation uh, that's called the skier idle and skier left and skier right. And there are each these cute little two-frame animations of this awesome little skier dude. Um, and then you can see, here's this uh, create an animation of snowman idle and snowman left and snowman right. Uh, and those are all being attached to the skier. So both the skier uh, animations and the snowman animations are all being attached to that one skier sprite. Uh, and then it's a fairly simple case of when there's a collision between uh, the skier and a uh, separate snowman sprite, the player then changes his animation over to uh, the snowman look. So it's almost like a skin. Uh, you can think of it that way. So I thought that was super cool, uh, and it's a very cute game. So I recommend you check that out. That is um, Snowy Slopes by Eigenjoy, and that is my Make Code Arcade game 
pick of the week. All right, uh, so let's see. We've got some time now to dive into uh, a couple variations on the project build for the week. So the project build this week is a animation controller, um, or rather a NeoPixel controller. It's, it can be used for color and for animation. Um, and I'm gonna set up, I've got a couple of Pi gamers here and I'm using in one case, MakeCode Arcade, and in another case, CircuitPython, thanks to Brent at Adafruit, who whipped up a CircuitPython version of this. Um, so let's go to, how about, a little down shooter here. And you can see uh, I've got this nice big long NeoPixel strip. And what I've done is I've plugged it into one of the three-pin JST connectors on the bottom side of the Pi Gamer. Um, so we have D3 exposed, pin D3, and pin D2. And you can also uh, use, I think, eight and nine analog if you're doing analog stuff. Um, but in this case, I'm using pin D3, and then I'm plugging in this three-pin JST connector, which has uh, power ground and the data. Um, and then I actually built this right inside of Make Code Arcade, um, and I'm gonna turn it on. So I've wrapped it around here, and you'll see why in a second. Um, so here on my boot up screen, it says Adafruit NeoPixel Strip Control, and then it's indicating I should press A. And here it says, pick the number of NeoPixels in your strip. Press A for the color picker and B for the animation. So those are two different screens that I have, A and B screens. Uh, and then you can press the select button to get back to those settings. Um, so it starts off with the settings and I have it going all white on the pixels. And you'll see here I've lit up the NeoPixel strip and I've also lit up the onboard NeoPixels, the little uh, set of five that are built right onto the board. You can see them there. Um, and this is pretty cool. Now I can drive this little cursor around using the thumbstick and if I have a strip with uh, a greater or fewer number of NeoPixels on them, I can set them just by hovering over, or I can go to the tens place there and jump back up to 30. Um, and then everything you do from that point on will use that number of pixels. So we'll, we'll explore that later uh, in a little more detail. But right now I'm going with the 30, which is how many I have on the strip. And so these are the two screens. There's the animation screen, and there's the solid color picker screen. So on the solid color picker screen, now I've got a whole bunch of NeoPixel colors, and all I need to do is hover over with my cursor, and I'll switch. Uh, anytime I, I hit a color with the cursor, I'll switch to that color that's underneath the cursor. And uh, so I'll run through them all here. And I, uh, one of the reasons I wrapped this around here is that the um, Pi Gamer uh, has an acrylic case that you can buy or you can laser cut your own. I laser cut my own using, or just the top plate actually, using a diffuse uh, white sort of milky acrylic, which looks really great when it's side lit with these uh, NeoPixels and also underlit for the ones on the board there. Um, so here I've just set up one black swatch that I can hover over to essentially turn it off. Uh, and then I can go, let's go lavender, or cyan, or super magenta, or it's light purpley blue. This brown actually shows up as tan-ish, uh, or an off-white and white. 
And the cursor moves fast enough that you can actually sort of create little blinking effects. And then uh, if I hit B, I'm going to switch over to the animations. And here you can see I've got these six stock animations that come in MakeCode Arcade uh, that you can use on your NeoPixels. It's the same set that's in MakeCode for Circuit Playground Express or MakeCode Maker for other boards. And now if I hover over one of these, I'm going to uh, essentially start looping that animation. So here I've got the rainbow animation running. Um, here's a little chase. Here's the sparkle. Here's a color wipe from blue to off to blue to off. This one's a theater chase, uh, which you, it's kind of hard to see what it's doing with the uh, strip wrapped around like this, but kind of like what you see around a theater marquee. And here's Comet. This one's cool. This one has a uh, sort of ease in and ease out speed animation. So it's going in one direction, and now it's going to stop, and then it's going to start spinning that magenta in the opposite direction, leaving behind the blue. Uh, and anytime I hover off, I stop the animation. So I can turn on, let's say, a couple with that sparkle. I say that, there we go. <laughs> and then when I, when I get the cursor off of the animation, it stops in place wherever it was. Um, so let's go now, I'm going to turn them off just by hovering over black. And now I'll go to the color picker and let's do, how about 10? Or about 12, there we go. So now when I go to the color picker, you'll see only these first 12 NeoPixels on the strip are lit. I've got all of the onboard NeoPixels. I've decided to not get fussy with it. So that number only refers to this um, JST plugged strip that's in D3. Um, you could also set this up to run a second strip. I'm not sure if this will want to power uh, both strips as far as current draw, but I think it probably would. Um, I know that I had it running using Katni's uh, Pi Portal script, which uh, worked the same, same way. You had a um, dual strips that you could run at once. So I think this should be able to handle it. Um, but yeah, you can see now everything I do from solid color picking to animation is only going to happen on those 12 pixels of that strip. So now I can jump back out and let's go up, back up to 30. Uh, and I'll leave that at the proper number. So now let's have a look actually at how this all works. So you've seen the demo. Um, jump it back into make code. I'm going to switch over to this sketch, which is in make code arcade. And let that reload. I'm going to run through how I've broken this down. So it's um, not super sophisticated, but it does have a lot of parts. And so when you have code that has a lot of parts, it's really helpful to create a bunch of functions. So you'll see in my on start block, the first thing I'm doing is this on start. Um, and I'm going to create a background image that has this little just an icon or a graphic I made of a NeoPixel strip just to, just to look cute. Uh, and then it pops up my splash that says Adafruit NeoPixel Strip Control. And I'm using the splash um, element for that. And then I'm using these show long text to, to give the instructions of how to use it. Then I call the pixel counter setup. So that's a function that 
I have set up right here. And what this does is it creates a counter using the seven segment display extension. Um, so you'll see I have here seven seg. This is the seven segment display extension and it has both a counter and a digit. Um, so I'm using the counter type, which is very easy to work with. Then I'm setting its color to green and I'm setting the initial value to 30. Now jumping back uh, to our on start block, then I set the background image to just totally black. So I'm getting rid of uh, that little icon I had on there. And then I'm setting this page variable to zero and then I'm calling the page setup function, which in this case I've set up the function to have an argument. So if you look at when you create functions, you can create a function. So this is my function. Uh, and you can say it's going to accept arguments such as some text, a Boolean true or false, or in this case, a number. And now when I have a, I'm going to cancel that. When I have a function that's been set up to have one of those arguments, I get this little pop-up, which would initially say zero. Um, but I'm using this variable page, just I wanted to set it up and I'm going to be using it later. So, um, so let's see what that function does. If I head over to page setup, this is a function that calls three other functions depending on the input argument. And the reason I did this is just to keep from having one big long page setup function that has uh, too much in it to, to be, uh, it gets kind of unruly. So if in this case the number that's being fed to it when I, when I call uh, the function is a zero, then I'm going to call this settings page setup. And that's this function I have sitting right here. Um, this is set up initially to destroy any sprites. So when I switch between pages, and by pages I mean my, um, I'll run it right here actually. I have a, uh, the counter page to show how many uh, NeoPixels I'm using, or that animation page, or that color picker page. Um, all of these have sprites on them. So the counter uh, has the counter element, but then I've made sprites for those triangles. And so when I switch pages, I want to delete or blow away or destroy um, the existing uh, sprites and then build a new set of the ones that I want on that page. So you can see in this case, when we go um, from something to this uh, uh, settings page, sorry, lost my mind there. Um, I'm going to delete any swatches, which are what I'm calling those little color blocks, and I'm going to delete any anim icons um, using these uh, for element value in an array list. And I'll show you those arrays in a second. So I delete any existing um, sprites with this destroy block, and then I set my counter display color to green. And the reason is I'm hiding it on the other pages by turning it to black and it's on a black background and it's the lowest uh, order. It, it displays first and the other things display on top of it. Um, so when I come back to this page, I need to turn it back on by making those uh, green again. And then I call my arrow setup. So let's pop over to arrow setup. This is where I'm making these up down arrows for the tens place and the ones place that you see over here. And uh, the array that I'm creating, this set arrow list to array of, and that contains all of those um, sprites that I've made, that's how I'm able to then go through and, and delete the whole list of them easily with, with uh, simpler code that iterates through the list. Um, so that's in here. If you look in arrays, you've got arrays that can be arrays of sprites, arrays of uh, numbers, arrays of text. 
Um, so once that arrow setup is done, we return back again to the on start block. Um, and in here, we are, let's see, then setting the bright strip uh, variable that I created to 60. So that's how bright I'm going to have the, the uh, NeoPixel strip be out of a possible 0 to 255. And I'm setting the onboard LEDs to 10. So I, I want those dimmer since you're kind of looking right at them. Uh, and then I call strip setup with my counter count. So that is um, a convenient little uh, part of the 7 seg is down here in the counter section. I have my counter count. So that means whatever number I've got that set to, in this case it's 30, is going to be the argument to calling this other function. So let's head over to um, strip setup. So strip setup creates a strip of WS2812, which is the NeoPixels, set on uh, pin D3. So you can have it on any pin that's available here by adding the proper uh, extensions, and this will be in the guide. Uh, with number of pixels. Well, that number is that counter. So we grab from what right now is listed as 30 or on my demo before 12, and then that gets dropped uh, into this set strip. Uh, so it creates the NeoPixel strip of the proper number. And then I am setting the strip to uh, not be buffered, and that means it, it won't um, wait for changes. Any change I send it to a pixel, it'll just happen immediately. And then um, if you're used to Arduino, this is sort of like not having to use show strip or in CircuitPython the equivalent. Uh, then I'm setting the strip brightness to whatever that variable was, so you can change it in your start block. Uh, I didn't expose that as a control because it eats up a lot of memory to go changing that too much. Uh, and then I'm setting all the, the strip pixels to white. Uh, then I'm setting the brightness to whatever that uh, variable I had in the setup for the onboard strip and then I'm setting all the onboard pixels to white. Shoo. So uh, if you're wondering where I'm getting these from, if you look in the light section, normally you just have this top section, but here you can see I have this dot, 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 more, and that's because I added the NeoPixel extension over here in extensions. It's not going to show up now because I have it uh, already loaded. Uh, but when I click on light, it actually drops down this second section, and this is where we can do these um, NeoPixels or even dot stars and all of the related uh, blocks for using those live right there. Um, so once I'm done setting up my strip, let's go back to the setup. And the last thing I do in the setup is call the cursor setup. And the cursor setup just creates a sprite that is this little crosshair with a red center. I made that a of type player, just because it's convenient. And then I'm using the move cursor with buttons block, so that's how my thumbstick can control that cursor around. I'm setting the Z depth to two, so that's further on top of things, if you're thinking of layers, with zero being sort of the screen layer, um, so that it'll appear on top of my swatches. And I'm having this stay in screen turned on so I don't lose my crosshairs off the edge. Uh, at that point, there are a couple things we can do. We can use buttons to switch between the different screens. Um, and if we, let's say, press A and call the swatch setup, this is going to call my uh, page setup for page 1. So page setup with an argument of 1 says call the color page setup. Um, and the color page setup, this was a big one actually. Let's come on over here. 
uh, color page setup. So it destroys any existing sprites. Then it um, sets the counter to black so we don't see it. Sets the strip length to the number of pixels. Uh, and then we're calling these three uh, functions, swatch sprites, swatch positions, and swatch depth. So swatch sprites, here's where I'm just manually, one at a time, creating all of those different color swatches. So you see here, I've got all these, I think, 15 of these. Um, so I create them, and what I did was I decided to give the sprite kind, normally you'll see player, food, enemy, and power up or something, projectile. Um, but you can add new kinds. So what I did is I just simply uh, made a new kind of sprite uh, uh, name, the kind name, uh, that represents red, orange, yellow, and so on. And the reason I'm doing that, once these are all set up, and there you can see I make an array so it's easy to blow them all away later, is the how the thing actually works is that I'm using the on sprite of kind player overlaps other sprite of kind and then fill in the blank. So this one's set to orange, but you could set that to red. So what happens is whenever the um, player sprite overlaps another sprite, it checks to see what kind is it. And if it's of kind, in this case, orange, then I'll set all the pixels on, on the um, onboard to orange, and I'll set all the pixels on the strip to orange. So that's it. I just do this a whole bunch of times uh, in order to get that overlap to set the pixel color. And animation looks pretty much the same. Uh, I have a similar setup page that creates the animation icons that I put on the screen, which you see there. Uh, and when I hover over, let's say, one of kind theater chase, then I show animation of that kind. So this is just built into Make Code Arcade. So of kind theater chase, and I set the strip to that as well. And then I'm setting a little pause manually in here so that it doesn't run too fast. Uh, and I've tuned those to be different speeds in some cases. Um, and so the way this works is the whole time I'm overlapping, we're just going to keep playing one frame, pausing 20 milliseconds, play a frame, pausing. Uh, and so let me go back to the overhead, and you can see that in action because I can't show that in the simulator. Um, let's do this one right here. So you can see as I'm hovering, this is a good, good example one here. As I'm hovering, uh, it's just playing one frame, and then it's getting looking up and going, am I still uh, overlapping or, or colliding with that? It is, so it plays it again. And that's how I got it to work without needing to click a button. And when I move the cursor off, it stops. So I thought that was uh, a pretty elegant way to do that and kind of a nice control. Um, so I think that pretty much covers the, the code. Um, so you can see there's six of those for the animation. Here's 15, I think, of these. Uh, yeah, 15 of these for the colors. And um, it's essentially using the same trick everywhere, even for these up and down arrows. Um, when I go to hover over these, that's just saying if there's an overlap, then we're going to increment by 10, or we're going to increment by 1, or decrement, or decrement. And then it has a little like 400 millisecond pause or something like that, so it doesn't move too quickly. Um, so I thought that was uh, sort of a nice, efficient, elegant way to reuse the same um, interface uh, mechanism everywhere so that the user gets used to that. And they're just, wherever I put the cursor, it does something. There's no clicking necessary. Buttons are just for switching pages. Um, and then lastly, uh, I had asked, uh, actually, I think PT had asked, hey, uh, Brent, or, or Lady Ada had asked Brent, 
uh, Rubel at Adafruit if he could do a version that would uh, work in Circuit Python. And so let me let's see. Do I have? Oh, I don't have my Atom code up. Let's let's take a look at the thing first. So uh, I can turn off that green screen effect. Hold on. Stop trying to green screen. Okay. So here is a second Pygamer that is running CircuitPython. And you can see here, I've got my NeoPixel strip plugged into it. And I'll wrap that around it a bit so you can see it. Uh, and this is using the cursor library to move this cursor around the screen with your uh, thumbstick. And then this one, uh, Brent did a little differently, which is we are gonna press a button. Uh, and it doesn't have the other pages. This one, uh, he did it very quickly and he wasn't trying to replicate all the fancy things I kept adding to mine. I kept feature creeping it. Um, but the simple version of it works great here. Um, and it also makes use of some of the existing code that Katni had created for her Pi badge uh, version of this type of a NeoPixel strip color picker. Um, and I just wanted to show two things in the code that I thought were pretty cool. So let me bring up Moo and I need to add, I'm gonna add a Moo to this, so sorry while I add a screen capture element. One second. And window, select window, move editor, almost there, okay. It's creating it, and there it is. Uh, so let me go to that move session so I can see it. Um, here in the mouse cursor code, so this is part of the cursor library, um, we're creating a cursor instance called mouse cursor, and the arguments are um, display, display group splash, cursor speed, and scale. So these are really cool. If I change cursor speed, I can make it super slow. Let's go to two here, and I'm also gonna make it really huge. So I'm gonna scale the cursor. And let's plug my Pygamer in so that I can update that and save the code. And now, if we hide that move session, you can see I've now got really slow, humongous cursor, which is fun. Um, I haven't tested the, the limits of this thing, but I imagine we should. So let's make this huge, huge, huge. How about five? And I'll make it fast again. I'll make it real fast. So huge and fast. Yeah. And now I've got, oh, you can see, ooh, it's doing a little bit of uh, the trails. Do you remember when Windows, like Windows 95 or something, Windows 3 added, had that trails thing in it so you could follow the cursor around? Um, we're sort of accidentally getting that ghosting trailing effect. Um, but it still works. I can even still get the pointer everywhere I need to. Um, so thanks to Brent for creating the circuit Python version. And uh, he wrote up uh, some notes. So that's going to appear in the guide as well. Um, and that about does it for today. So I will uh, throw in just one more reminder of our coupon code for the day. If you want to go and get some cool stuff, maybe some NeoPixel strips with JST uh, connectors on them like these are really cool. Um, 
maybe some slide pots. You can get 10% off. Just use the coupon code controller when you go to the store and it will do all of the math for you. Um, so I will uh, say goodbye now and I'm going to hang out in the Discord chat a little bit. So if you've got uh, questions and comments and thoughts, uh, please stop on by. Oh, shout out to Toddbot, who just uh, joined us a little while ago in the Discord chat, who was making fun of my green screen bleed through. Um, let's, let's put some green screen mess on here. How about there? Look, green screen is, oh, why is it? That cursor is white. I don't know why it thinks that it's green. Uh, but now we can see through. Well, I've not, I got nothing to see through on there. Um, so here we go. Let's turn that guy's green screen on. And now we can see through that little hole. How about that? Fun with green screens. So, uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by. And uh, thank you, Andy Calloway. Thanks, Mr. Certainly. Thanks, C. Grover. Uh, thank you, Yanni Turnin, Andy Lear over in YouTube chat, uh, and anyone else for stopping by. For Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park, and this has been John Park's Workshop. Bye-bye.